Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. We are in week four of a series that we're simply calling First John, and it's where we're studying and kind of deep diving into one specific book of the Bible, and it's the book of First John that is found in the New Testament. It's a very short book, only five chapters, but we're taking five weeks to look at those five chapters, and this week, we're taking a look at First John chapter four, and I'm going to start reading in verse seven, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to dive in to see what God wants to do, okay? This is... First John chapter four, starting in verse seven. The Bible says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. By the way, that word know there in the original language is this word gnosko in the Greek. And yeah, I busted out some Greek on you about five minutes in. And it's an intimate term. It means like, it's like Adam knew Eve and had babies. It is a close, intimate term. And so it's, it's saying there's a close relationship there. By the way, that's what God wants to have with you. He wants to know you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And it says, if, if, if you does not love, he does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might, I love that word there, that he might. He did all that for a might, that he might have a relationship with you. He said, when I saw you, you are worth it just for a might. I find that amazing. And it says that he sent his son to the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All, all who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. And we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. We will not be afraid. <laughs> we will not be afraid. <laughs> On the day of judgment, which is not happening right now, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. I love this verse, verse 18. Such love has no fear because perfect love, it expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. 
If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. If we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we can't see? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. So today, if you're taking notes, I wanna talk over the next few minutes over this thought of look closer. I just wanna talk just for a few minutes about this thought of look closer. Now today, I wanna encourage you, whether you're joining us online, you're here in the room, lean in. Lean in today. We believe that this is the word of God, that it is alive, that it's active, that it speaks to every single area of our life, and that today, the word of God can speak into you. So as a church, we lean in, not to what a man has to say, but what God has to say. I believe that God wants to tell you something today. And so let's lean in and let's pray. Let's invite God to do whatever he wants to do. God, we thank you for today. And we are, we are so grateful just for the gift of today. We're thankful for your church. We're thankful for your word. And God, I believe today that you wanna speak to every person. And so we lean in to listen to you. We don't wanna go through motions. We don't wanna play church today. We want to hear from you. So our ears are open. So would you help us hear you today so clearly and help us to look closer at what you want us to look at today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. Now how many of you remember, this, this could date me a little bit, but how many of you remember back in the day those popular posters like in the 90s, that were like optical illusions, where there was like a design, but you could apparently see a picture that was hidden in them. How many of you remember those, those type of posters? Let me see all the old people in the room. Okay, that's cool. That's cool, you know? I, I think they called a magic eye. I think that was like that, and, and this is like the example. It's like an example. Some of you are like, I see a pirate ship that is exploding. And uh, yeah, I'm like, what? It's just a design. And it's like these designs that apparently they had a hidden picture on the inside of them. They're optical illusions. And I say apparently because I never saw them. (laughs) Ever. I mean, ever. I stared hours at some of these things and I never saw them. No matter what I did, I could never see the hidden picture. And as a perfectionist, that bothered me a lot. Like, I really wanted to see this picture and it would drive me crazy. And people would say things like this, like, Brian, don't look at the picture. Look through the picture. And I'd be like, what does that mean? I can't. My my very literal self is like, I'm not a superhero. I can't look through things. Like, I could not understand that. It's like, like, what do I do? And so I'd keep trying, and people would just say, hey, 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 I know, I know, I know you can't see it, but just look closer. Look closer, look closer. People would just say, look closer. And that's kind of what I feel like John is saying here in these verses in 1 John chapter 4. I feel like he's saying, hey guys, look closer. Look closer, because for the third chapter in a row, the third chapter in a row, he talks about the subject of love, which means for the third week in a row, we are talking about the subject of love, because in this series, we're letting the Bible determine the content, and it's like, John, seriously? Okay, let's talk about this again. And so you may be sitting there thinking, especially if you've been with us the last couple weeks, maybe you're sitting there thinking like, so what is the deal, John, 
Like, did you just run out of things to say? It's almost like when I was in college and I had a 10-page paper, but I only had six pages, and I just got to fill in the same four pages with the same thing I just said. Like, John, is that what you're doing? Like, do you have anything? I get it. I get it. Can we just move on to something else? But think about it this way. He's not just repeating himself. He's looking at the same subject from a different perspective, He just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper into love. And he's saying, hey guys, don't miss this. In fact, look closer. Look closer. I know we've talked about this, but keep looking. Look closer because love is at the very foundation of Christianity. It's what this whole thing is all about. It's not an elementary teaching. It is the teaching. The teaching is love. That's what it is. And John is reminding us here that we never graduate from this subject of love, that we just go deeper and deeper and deeper into love. He's saying, like, guys, don't miss this. Don't brush this off. Don't, don't wish it away. Just don't quickly move on from this. Look closer. And when we look closer at the verses that we just read in 1 John chapter 4, we see that John, he actually says something twice that he hasn't said before. He says two things that he never said in chapter two or in chapter three. He said two different times, he makes this bold claim that God is love. He actually makes this claim that God is love. We see it in verse eight where he says, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And then eight verses later in verse 16, he says we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love, God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Here's what I think John is saying to us today. And you can write this down. Love is not what God does. Love is not what God has. Love is who God is. I think that's what he's trying to say. Like, hey, look closer, because when you do, you'll see love is not what God does. Love is not what God has. Love is who God is. He doesn't do love. He is love. And when you understand this, I think it changes everything. So when we read scriptures like 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we read the love chapter, verses 4 through 8, where it says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And when we understand that God himself is love, these verses mean so much more than just some cool verses that you may hear at a wedding. It's because when we understand that God himself is love, we understand that this is the very character and the very nature of the God that we just spent time worshiping. We understand that it says that God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. God does not boast. God is not proud. God does not dishonor others. God is not self-seeking. God is not easily angered. God keeps no record of wrongs. 
God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. God never fails. This is who God is. This is his character. This is his nature. This is who God is because God is love. Get this today. God cannot not love you. God cannot not love you. That is bad grammar, but that is good preaching. (laughs) In Romans 8, it says that nothing can separate you from that love. So he loves you whether you like it or not. And you cannot do anything to make God love you more. And you cannot do anything to make him love you less. In fact, God will never love you more than he does right now. And he will never love you any less than he, than he does right now. Because I love how Brennan Manning puts this. He says, God has a single, relentless stance toward us. One single, relentless stance towards us. He loves us. Why? Because God is love. So here's, what, here's why this is so important. This is so important because if we don't understand love, then we can't understand God. But also on the flip side, the more that we learn about God, the more we actually learn about love. And so today, I wanna look at three things that I want you to know about God today. Three things, just quickly, we'll blaze through these. Number one is this, God is all-powerful. And the theological word for this is, is omnipotent. That God is all-powerful. That God doesn't have some power but that God has all power. And we're talking about the all-powerful God who in creation, he spoke and galaxies appeared. The God who spoke and the beautiful beaches that a lot of us are gonna go to this summer (laughs) appeared. That God spoke and the mountain ranges that we see across the world, that he spoke and then things like beautiful sunsets Exists. And he did that just with his words, the powerful God that did this. The Bible says that in Ephesians 3.20, that the same powerful God who created the world with his own words, that that God says now to him, now to God, this is not on the screen, but it says now to him, to God, who is able to do immeasurably more then all we can ask or imagine. How is that even possible? It goes on to say, according to his power that is at work within us. Get this, the Bible says that the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, he lives on the inside of you. Get that. Like, that's power, not only to save you for eternity, but power to change your life right now. It's the power to change things in your life that you didn't even think are possible, that maybe even right now, you're like, there's no way that area of my life can change. And God says, I have the power that is on the inside of you that can do immeasurably more than what you can even think or imagine. And he says, I put that power, the power to give life to the dead things in your life. In fact, in Romans chapter eight, verse 11, it says the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, he lives in you. And just as, in other words, the same exact way, in the same way that God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will, not might, but that he will 
give life to your mortal bodies, that all the dead parts of your life can come back to life by this same spirit living within you. You have power living on the inside of you. And I don't know how much power it took to raise Jesus from the dead. I don't know the amount of power that was needed for that to happen. But I do know that this book says that that same as that power lives on the inside of you. And that it's available today for, to help you in your marriage that is barely hanging on by a thread. That it can help like your broken family and your relationships, that that power is available today to help break depression and anxiety off of your life that's been constantly hovering like a cloud, that that power is available to break and cut an addiction that you can't seem to shake, that it can, that it can help with the loneliness that has been consuming you or grief that weighs so heavy or how about this, regret, guilt, and shame from the past that there's power that can overcome that. There's power that exists that can help you with constant stress and worry about the future and feeling like you have no purpose right now in your life. See, this is what I believe when it comes to the thought of God being all-powerful is that God, he loves us so much that he gives us the power to overcome anything. Isn't that good? It's good that God loves us so much that he gives us the power to overcome anything, including the things that we could never overcome on our own. See, God is all powerful. And number two, God is all knowing. It's the theological word for this is omniscient, that God is all knowing. See, God doesn't have some knowledge. He has all knowledge. And the Bible actually says in Isaiah chapter 46, says that God knows from the, the beginning from the end, that he knows the whole story. In Hebrews chapter four, verse 13, it says, he knows about everyone everywhere. Everything about us is bare and wide open to the all-seeing eyes of our living God. Nothing can be hidden from him. So God is all-knowing, but that, for some of us, me included, is what we have a problem with. Because there's times where God maybe knows, but we don't. And we don't fully know what's happening. We don't fully understand what's going on. It's where we don't get it. And that's where the big questions come in, don't it? It's like, why is this happening? Maybe more specifically, it's why is this happening to me? Or why am I going through all of this? Like, why am I having to walk through this situation? And why is this situation this way at work? And why am I single when all I wanna do is have a family and be married and have kids? Like, why? Why? Why does God heal some, but then he doesn't heal all? Why does it seem like God answers his prayer, her prayer, but not my prayer? Why is that? If he's all knowing, like, why? And then Isaiah chapter 55, verse eight and nine, it helps me so much when I get wrestling with those thoughts because it says, this is God talking, that my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And a lot of times that can make us so frustrated. That can drive us crazy. 
But here's the truth. The more I thought about that, the more I really felt so much conviction that I'm so glad that God's ways and God's thoughts are higher than my ways and my thoughts. Because I know my ways and I know my thoughts and I'm so glad God doesn't match at that level. That I am so thankful that God's ways and God's thoughts are higher than my ways. In fact, it brings me so much comfort. Think about it. If all of God could fit into this Middle Tennessee public school education brain, we'd all be in trouble (laughs) if that was the case. That would not be a big God. But the reality is there's gonna be some things this side of heaven that we won't fully understand. But God does because he is all-knowing. And write this down, that God loves us so much that we can trust him with everything. Even when you don't understand, even when you don't get it, like God loves me and he loves you so much that in those moments, like you can trust him with everything because God is all-knowing. Here's number three, write this down, that God is ever-present. Third thing that we need to understand about God is that he is ever-present. The, the theological word for that is omnipresent, which means that God is always present. He's always there. That there's nowhere that we can go where he's not there, where there's nothing that we can go through where he's not right there. In fact, here's some amazing verses. I'll just let the word of God speak for itself in Psalm 46, verse one. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 139, verse seven through 10 says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there, your hands will guide me and your strength will support me. Psalm 34, 18, if some of you, if you've had a broken heart right now, you're struggling and your heart is in a million pieces, this should encourage you like crazy. Psalm 34, 18, that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Isaiah 43, verses two and five says, when you go through deep waters, when you go through things that are above your head, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up and the flames will not consume you. Do not be afraid. Why? for I am with you. And before Jesus drops the mic and ascends to heaven, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, says, and be sure of this, I, Jesus, is with you always, even to the ends of the age. See, I've been following Jesus now since June 25th, 1999. I'm getting close to 22 years that I've been following Jesus And I'm telling you, there's been some things that I've gone through that are hard. I've had my share of bad days. I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you, like this preacher right here, if you come hang out at our church, I'm gonna tell you there's gonna be some days that are gonna be hard in your life. I'm not ever gonna sell you a, a gospel that says, hey, give your life to Jesus and you'll never have a bad day. Because that's just not what that says. But that you can, in those bad days, experience those bad days different. 
And because I'm telling you, in the 22 years that I've been following Jesus, I've experienced things like the Bible says, peace that passes all my understanding. I've experienced peace that doesn't make sense. Peace that I know with the current circumstance that I'm going through right here, right now, I shouldn't have peace. I've experienced that peace in the last 15 months where there's been times where I've experienced peace that passes all my understanding. I've experienced things like joy from God that gives me strength despite my circumstances. I've experienced comfort when I didn't have any answers. I've experienced hope that is like an anchor for my soul. How? How have I experienced that? Because God's always been with me. That's why. And so what we have to learn from this is that God loves us so much that we can trust him to be there through anything. We can. God loves us so much that we can trust him to be there through anything. But more than just being present, hear this, he is actively present. He is not just sitting there. He is sitting there doing things. He is doing things in the room. It's so all of who God is, his love, his power, his grace, his peace, his justice, his comfort, his joy, his hope is with us no matter what we're going through because God, he's ever present. And I think John is saying here in John, 1 John chapter four, that this all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God, that he is Love, that this all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God, he just doesn't have love, he just doesn't give love, but that he is love, and he loves you. And when you get that, when you understand that God loves you, and I think the whole point of this book of the Bible is that when you get that, when you understand that he is love and that he loves you, that the only reasonable, the only logical response is for you to love him back and to love other people. That's what this whole thing is about. That's why he says in 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. But if we're honest today, here's what I believe. If we're honest today, I think it's very easy to dismiss this fact that God loves us. I think we can hear that over and over and over and over and over again that it can become white noise. And you can sit there and be like, yeah, 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 I get it. That's how I was when I started studying for this scripture. I busted open 1 John chapter four and I was like, really? Yeah, I get it. I get it, yeah, it's like, can we move on to something else? I get it, I get it. And God actually kind of like, really like, kind of dad like rebuked me a little bit. He said, it doesn't get any deeper than this, son. The fact that I'm asking you to love people the way that I love you, you think it gets deeper than that? Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, we can talk about this this week. That's, that's, That's good with me. But it can become so white noise, right? It's like, yeah, I get it, just move on, just move on. But my burden, my prayer, this week, the more I dove into this scripture, is that you would look again. Is that you would just look closer, look deeper, 
and that you would have a new revelation of God's love for you. That your understanding of the love of God and your response to the love of God would literally level up like a video game this week. That you would look again. Now that happened to me um, the moment I became a dad. When like the love of God made sense in a brand new way. The moment, see, because I grew up in church. That's my story. Like I was literally born on like a Saturday and in church by Sunday. Like that, that was my, that's my story. I grew up in church. There's never been a time in my life where I've been away from the house of God. So I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody like me stand on something like this and look at me and say, God loves you. I've heard it thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of times that God loves me. And I think I, for the most part, I think I understand it intellectually. That's not the problem for me. Sometimes it's, the, it gets to my, it's hard for it to get to my heart and change like my life and how I treat people. And, but I think cognitively I get it, that God loves me. But that statement hit me and clicked in a whole new way the first time I held my son. Jordan at the end of the summer is about to turn 10. And I remember almost 10 years ago, he was born and then within seconds, the doctor shoved my son into my hands and I remember holding him terrified. Um, terrified, I remember looking at him, looking at Jordan. And I remember holding him and the very first thing I thought was I love you so much. The first thing, I love you so stinking much. But I also realized I had like this eye-opening moment that my love for him was different than any other love that I'd experienced up until that point into my life. Because it was the only person on planet Earth who I didn't choose to love. I just did. I didn't choose it. Every other person in my life, I've had to choose to love, including my wife. I had to date her, court her, impress her, put out the vibe for her, you know, and then she chose to love me. But now I was holding that little boy. That wasn't the case. It was the first time in my life I didn't have to choose. I just did. I couldn't not love him. And here's the thing. He literally did nothing to earn it. He just existed. And he instantly got that love. And almost 10 years later, there's still nothing that he can do to change it. It is still the same as within the first five seconds of holding that little boy. I can't not love him. And he can't do anything to change it. It doesn't matter what he does. It doesn't matter his choices. It doesn't matter what his future is gonna be. It doesn't matter what he studies. It doesn't matter the grades he makes. It doesn't matter how he performs and whatever. There's nothing that can change how much I love him. And I remember right there in that moment, holding that little boy. I remember God speaking to me right there in that moment. And he said, Now you understand how I love you. 
how God the Father loves you. I think there's a reason why he likes being called dad. He says, now you understand how much I love you. So look me nice. That's how God, the Father, loves you. Don't dismiss it. Don't let that today become white noise. Don't let that be, oh, I've heard that before. I'm asking you to look again. Look again. And like you're hearing this for the very first time all over again. Feel the weight, the magnitude that God loves you. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes and just ask him, ask God this, what are you speaking to me right now? And see, I believe that there's a purpose to you being here today. I believe that it's not an accident, that you could have been anywhere today. But God has you right here, right now for a purpose. So what's the purpose? What does God wanna tell you today? Maybe ask him this, like, God, what does my response need to be to this message? And maybe you're here and you've never received the, the love of God. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. You've never made the choice to invite him into your life. And maybe you're here and you've done that in the past, but you find yourself here today far from God and you need a fresh start. We wanna give you that opportunity to get right with God. And we're not gonna point you out, make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. I just wanna lead you in a very simple prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer, whether it's for the very first time or whether it's all over again, I want you to, without hesitation, on the count of three, to raise your hand as a step of faith and say, include me in that prayer. That's my decision today. I need to receive the love of God for maybe the first time or all over again. I need to give him my life. And so if you're here and that's you on the count of three, boldly put your hand up in the air. One, two, three. If that's you, just put it up. Yeah, I got you. I got you. That's awesome. I got you. I got you. That's great. Got you. If you're watching online, if that's you, just right there where you're at, as a sign of faith, just say, that's me. I need to make that decision. And then once right where you're at, pray this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I love you. I believe in you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. I need you. Will you come live inside me? And will you do what I can't do myself? Will you change me? And will you make me brand new? Jesus, I surrender my whole life to you. I give you my entire life, everything, my past, my present, my future. I give you my life. And today, I choose to follow you. And we thank you for Jesus. And it's through the mighty, powerful, awesome name of Jesus that we pray and everybody said, amen. Come on, church, can you clap your hands and celebrate? Come on with those that made the best decision of their life. That's awesome. We are proud of you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. 
For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.